When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You know, Marsh, Marsh and is uh, Marsh and. And <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, Tom I, Wilson I, is Tom Wilson. Yeah, we no. Leave, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> their own. Uh, Mar- Mar- Marsh and's a nice guy. I, you know, catching up with him and Tim Willie is really a nice guy. Welcome to another episode of the Bruins and Bruins podcast. My name is Cam Hasbrook, joined as per usual by Drew Johnson and Sebastian over there, the cat. What up, Savvy, my guy? Uh, no Chris today. He is uh, tending to his uh, llama farm at the moment, um, but he might be back on uh, maybe midway through. We're not exactly sure what's going on there. Um, but we do have the pleasure of being joined by the one and only Sammy Silver, my good friend, Sammy, it's been too long, as always, I feel like, but I, I was just thinking on the on the way into this podcast studio, aka my bedroom, um, that it's, it, I feel like we're a long way from, like, the old days. I miss, like, bumping into you in Night Hall and, and at the uh, at the Herb, through the glass and stuff. It's, it's been a while since we've, we've been able to chat in person, so I'll have to make that happen again soon, but how you, how you doing elsewhere? I'm doing great. I'm on my favorite podcast that I forced oh. my way back on. <laughs> so no we have the pleasure of uh, of allowing you to force yourself back on so it's good i love it no but otherwise doing good busy with the reporting and the season and the dog you know found just just decided to wake up and scratch the couch so <laughs> excellent it's felt the excitement through uh through the the screens i guess of the, of the bruce and burns podcast here but oh, yeah. um we are at the Hockey Podcast Network podcast presented by Bruins Diehards, Pride Diehards, and DraftKings. Drew, say some words. What's going on, my man? Hey, what's good? Um, so I guess we can usher this right into beers. We uh, just went to – Cam and I went to Bissell Brothers Brewing Company uh, in Portland, Maine uh, last night. Had a great interview with Peter Bissell. That, uh, that'll be a two-part episode, I believe, given it was like a two-and-a-half-hour-long conversation. Yeah, for sure. And it'll come later this week or over the weekend or something. Um, so I have a Bissell Brothers beer. Because if you uh, did not see on Twitter, uh, Peter gave us a shitload of beer. Um, what a and if you did not see on Twitter, I was carrying them all into my – well, my portion, because Cam and I each got like 16 beers – I was carrying my portion into the apartment and one cracked and spilled all over my jeans, which I almost <laughs> wore today to an interview. Um, and at the last second was like, nope, these are not the ones to wear. Um, and then, so being hungover, I was trying to kind of find the lightest one of the ones he gave us. Um, but I think you I picked actually, the wrong one. Yeah. I, I picked the 8%. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, I'm glad we didn't grab the same one, and I'm especially glad because of that, but... But this is the uh, swish, which he talked about, is just one of their one of their staples there at Bissell Brothers. Um, so let's try it out. Did we have we had a swish? That was one of the ones we had, right at the end. He gave us that and the nothing gold, I think. I believe so. Yeah, those are the last two that we did. So this is the swish. Very hoppy, very very hoppy. Um, so tasteability thirty seven out of thirty seven. Drinkability. Now, this is considering that I've been hung over all fucking day. Uh, I'm going to go with like a 10. But uh, normally, normally it'd be more like a 20, I think. So um, that's excellent. Yeah. All depends on the, on the time and day. That's nice. 
Um, well, yeah, just to piggyback off of what Drew said, I guess, um, we had the incredible opportunity of, of going into Bissell yesterday and, and chatting with Peter. Um, huge thank you to him for taking the time to kind of share his personal story and, and the story of Bissell Brothers. And um, really cool. If you don't know it, you should kind of go up and do some research. And if you're ever in the area, definitely make sure you get over to their spot on Thompson's Point. Uh, or if you're in way northern Maine, you can visit their Milo location, which he was also telling us about. Um, but hugely uh, grateful to Peter for that. That was an awesome experience. He walked us. We, we got like, I felt like we got the, the red carpet rolled out for us. He, when, when, as soon as we walked in, he gave us hockey jerseys off the bat, which was crazy. Um, and then he kind of walked us through to their back office. We got to kind of see the uh, the behind the scenes, if you will, of the brewery and, and back where they had all the huge tanks and stuff with everything brewing. Um, and then obviously was, was gracious enough to give us several hours of his time and a lot of his own beer uh, for us to taste and, and discuss on the pod and stuff. And, and then as Drew alluded to, he gave us way more than we deserved on the way out. So huge yeah. shouts to him. Um, I think it's one our fans are going to be excited about for sure. Listening, like I, I think uh, this was definitely the most beer heavy episode we've done, which I'm proud about it as it should be with the brewer. Um, but I, even if you're not like a huge hockey fan, I think this is something that, that people will enjoy just hearing his story. And, uh, obviously the, the brewery itself is incredible, but also was really cool to kind of get to know Peter and stuff. And, um, I definitely really admire him and his brother's character and stuff. And just kind of the, the tenacity and the, the community that they've built through that brewery. Um, a couple of really cool things that he's talked about with like some programs they have to like help people uh, who are working there, like kind of design their own beers and stuff like that. And you can tell it's just a really tight knit community that he's got there. And um, yeah. also kind of an inside look into like the behind the scenes craft industry, just like between, you know, the, the, the relationships and collaborations between breweries and stuff like that um, was really cool. So really an, an awesome opportunity for us to be able to do that. And uh, yeah, definitely check it out. Like Drew said, I think we'll probably have one episode out at least this weekend. The other one might be Monday or Tuesday or something, but um, plenty of good stuff to go around. So uh, anyway, because of Peter's kindness, I'm walking home with the precepts. Uh, one of my favorite Bissell Brothers brew. It's a German style Pilsner. Very light. Um, it's got that kind of like very tame golden color to it. Uh, definitely passes the Drew test. It's got that. Um like very light I'm trying to figure out what I would, it's almost like an olive oil color, like a very light olive oil. Um, a great, great beer to drink. If you had say too many last night, like Drew and I did um, drinkability very high. I'm going to say like a 34 uh, in tasteability. I'm going to give it like a 20, which I think is, uh, is very respectable for this type of beer. Um, you know, it's not like an IPA that's going to be, crazy with flavor in your mouth but it's very smooth lighter it tastes golden which is nice but um yeah sammy anything going on over there you just you're holding you're anchoring the show tonight probably which is, that's what we need um i'm drinking a sprite um oh, nice. it's a very good brew um it always is the consistency yeah. there is incredible it's, it's a lemon lime you know Mm -hmm. uh, I did see they rebranded Sierra Mist. Did you guys see that? It's kind of no. crazy. It's Sierra like Mist is like the poor man's sprite. Oh, for sure. Yeah, no, sprite <laughs> is definitely superior. Um, but okay. maybe that's why they felt the need to rebrand. They were like, "Hey, we gotta try, you know, giving this another go or something." But um, it's nothing like a nice fresh fountain sprite from like a McDonald's when you're crushing oh, some yeah. fries or something. Oh, the grenades. It's literally like a grenade in a cup. Yeah, <laughs> it's incredible. No. Um, Otherwise, dog's just attacking me. She likes Twizzlers, so like she keeps coming over because I have Twizzlers, and she doesn't understand that I'm not going to give her Twizzlers. Yeah, she's trying to get some FaceTime in the pod, which I respect. Although we already I, told you we don't use video, so <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not trying. She climbed. it. It like every single podcast I go on, she like comes up to the camera and i'm like Loves the attention yeah like no I'm trying to provide some input no thank god there's not a camera 
<laughs> yeah, otherwise, probably no one would watch our podcast with me and Drew on here. So we did like two episodes on YouTube, and I think they each got like ten views, and they yeah. five of them are probably like my parents. <laughs> they felt bad. That's good. Um, if you're a newer listener to Bruise and Bruins, uh, this might be your first time hearing Sammy. Uh, Sammy covers the Caps for Washington Hockey now, and also works for Peacock, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, Sammy, we'll start just talking a little cap stuff first. I know it's it's been like the you know we have a similar kind of storyline between Washington and Boston uh, the last few years of like kind of an aging core and obviously Obi's the 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 man to watch there. Um, And there's always been that discussion of like are the Bruins slash Capitals getting too old? Uh, You know, we got a lot of season to go here, but I'd say it's been not quite what we've come to expect out of the Capitals. I mean, they are you know six games above 500. Uh, at least as far as I guess they're even 500 right now as of time of recording, if you include the overtime losses, um, a little bit of a skid for their four wins in their last 10 couple losses in a row here and uh, a couple games in hand on a lot of the teams that have uh, a point advantage on them. So yeah. what's been your read so far? The caps, are they really starting to hit a wall here? Or do you think this is just kind of a, a little bit of a speed bump that they'll get through? Well, I mean, I, it, it wasn't a, a pretty start. I mean, it, it, was it took a long time to to get into the sink of things and i think that with i mean the injuries piling up obviously i mean mm-hmm. yeah backs from wilson out to miss the start of the season and then you had connor brown go down what four games into the season and then you you know you're missing your top penalty killer and hags and you're you're still you know you're you're missing quite a bit of guys and then you know down the road you lose carly when your team's heating up and um in december they they had a kind of a team meeting where you know the leadership group met with laviolette and kind of said hey this is not working you know we we need to be on the same page i needs to pull on the rope and commit every night and that led to a really great december you know where where they rocketed up the standings and then january it's it's kind of been a step back right there's there's some inconsistency there and it, it, there's some frustration too. I mean, because in some of these games, right, they're they're playing the right way, and they're doing the right things, um, and and it's not like they're having like a terrible effort. Like last night's loss in Colorado was a great effort, and the Caps arguably for the majority of it were were the better team, right? But hockey is a beautiful game, as you guys know, and <laughs> it's all about bounces. I mean, but you know, when you have you know guys like. Osh, who, who dealt with stuff, and, you know, Backy, Willie out, and then Wilson gets hurt again last night. I mean, it's just this this vicious cycle, and it's just, you know, getting the new pieces to click, finding your right combinations, right? So, and Backy and Willie coming back, I mean, it's great, but also it, it takes a couple games to, like, feel it out, like, who fits where, you know? So that kind of, I think, has led to a little bit of the setback. You know, because the team's not going to click on all cylinders when you're just getting guys who haven't played in, what, seven, eight months back in the mix. So, so yeah, it, it's been one of up and ups and downs. And, I mean, I can tell you that the they're a tight-knit group, and, like, I'm sure every locker room is. And uh, they, they care about each other deeply, and they, they play for each other. And I think if they, they just keep doing that and go on the right path, you know, I – I think things will look up. I mean, the goaltending is much better. Gustafson's been great on defense. You know, you you got a lot of, you know, Dylan Strom's been great. You, you got a lot working for you, right? And, you know, Kemp's lingering. Both of them are, are fantastic goaltenders. So I think there's a lot of upgrades from last season. It's just a matter of, of getting it to, to come together. So how long do you think Ovechkin is going to play for? Because he just seems like one of those guys who will play until he's 60. They just, they just never and then we'll go over just, to Russia and keep just playing. like just just double yeah. double every single record and every stat that he can. Yeah, he's. I mean, he he's he's a machine. He's he's durable. I mean, he he missed you know one game due to the lower body injury and then came right back you know yesterday and they really needed him yesterday and you know he comes back great and scores and you know skates like twenty three minutes right so at thirty seven years old that that's a little. That's insane, but he takes very good care of himself, very good care of his body. You know, when you interview this man and, you know, in the locker room and, and you see, you know, him with the gear off, I mean, he's he's still huge. 
he, he's a huge guy, you know? So yeah. he's, he's a, he's a big, big man is, is his, you know, nickname in the room. You know, they all call him, you know, big man. And there's a reason they call him that. So I, <laughs> I think, you know, with, with, Oh, I, I think he's gonna, I think he's feeling good and I think he's going to finish out. Sorry. My dog is destroying the bottom of my couch as I talk. Um, is <laughs> a scratching that, that you hear underneath. Um, but no, otherwise, I mean, I, I, I think he's going to play for for the rest of his contract, obviously. And, and then, you know, I, I think he'll play until he breaks that record. And, um, you know, we'll we'll see. We'll, but, you know, I imagine even if he doesn't stay in, in the NHL, I would, I would imagine he continues overseas. Or, I mean, the man loves hockey. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, he, he loves it. And, you know, your passion takes you far, right? So, I think yeah. we'll, we'll see him for a while. Yager is like a immortal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think he's getting younger at this point. He's actually starting yeah. to like Benjamin well, Button. It and ben- Benjamin Button. Yes. Like, I Just I don't know if that's a rare form or if that's how Ovi will be, but yeah. I'm baffled. We can hope at least. Do you think uh, like Ovi's the type? You've had obviously a lot more one-to-one interaction with him than Drew and I have, which is yeah. none. Do you think he's the type that would like be drawn toward coaching or management or something like that after he's retired? Like you need to talk about that love he has for hockey. Do you think that's something to be interested in or do you think he just wants to play until he can't play anymore? I'm not sure. I mean, something, something about O is, is he, he's a great leader too. I mean, he, he's, you know, he obviously he's a captain, but he, he set, he sets the tone, you know, he, he gets his guys pumped up. He, he leads the charge, you know, on and off the ice. He sets an example and, you know that that's the makings of a of a great coach and and a great you know manager down the road, right? But I mean, the man loves to play, and you you never know. I mean, there's so many different opportunities that pop up. You know, where mm-hmm. where former players become coaches or or general managers. I know one player who really wants to be a GM is Dylan Strom. Mm-hmm. Oh, like yeah. he he will be a general manager one day, and he's said so many times. He's like, I I want to do that, and I'm like, I. I hear you. Like, <laughs> He's like trying to get it on record as many times as he can so that like, he can point I'm back like, to it after you. Like I've written it every week, man. What do you want me to do? I'm like, I, I I can I don't know if you guys have seen like the it was like during COVID when like one of like the judiciary, I guess there was like an online court hearing and one of the guys had a cat filter and he was like, I'm not a cat and the guy was like, I I can see that. <laughs> That's how I feel. Well, I'm like, I, I can see that. I so, see that. But I, I think, I think, oh, well, he'll, he'll have a future in, in hockey and, and a role on the team. I mean, it, that, that much is clear. The guy's going to stay involved in, in the game. I, I think. Yeah. yeah. I could definitely see that. I hope so. He's, he's a cool personality to have and stuff. And obviously is one of the all-time greats in the league so and in, in the sport so you, you living legend. More of a legacy there yeah yeah absolutely um another cap who's been lighting it up is Evgeny Kuznetsov who seems to be just kind of building I feel like every season but what's what's it like to like I, mean, I feel like Ovi kind of obviously and and well deservedly gets that that main spotlight in Washington um and he's certainly earned it but what's it like to kind of watch somebody like Kuznetsov on a regular basis and, and see him up close and, and what's he kind of like behind the mic Oh, I, I love Kuz. Uh, yeah. He's, he's fun. He's behind the mic. He's, he's a funny guy. I mean, he, he's always got a joke ready for you or, or something wacky to say. And you'll kind of just like look at him and be like, what? But like, <laughs> but like you, you vibe with it, but he, I mean, wa- watching him is really cool. I mean, this season he he's more so racking up those assists and making those plays. And I mean, it, it's fun to watch him. You know, he's, he's an excellent puck carrier. He's incredibly underrated and, Obviously, when he's in the shootout going in slow motion, like his controller got disconnected, right? I mean, it's, yeah, it's it's amazing what he can do with the puck. I mean, he he has so much talent, and you know, some of the moves. It's funny I was talking to him about like the stick twirl move that I did in one of the shootouts, and he was like, "Oh, I didn't mean to do that." He's like, "I I was just panicking, like I was just freaking out, like <laughs> like." And you know, he'll he'll tell. He always has like great stories to tell, or he'll you know mess around. And he he's a funny guy. He loves to laugh, but you know he he's gotten the A a couple times this season, and and there's a reason why. You know, he's yeah. matured a lot, I think, over these past years, and become a you know voice in the locker room and and a team guy first where he doesn't necessarily need to say something to to lead by example right he he can just show it 
and mm-hmm. and that's something I like about Kuz. And I think I think he's been working really hard to to raise his game, you know, to to the level that he can be at, you know, after kind of an off season. As my dog begs for food, um, <laughs> you know, to kind of see to see him mature and to grow and get into. He's not, he's not old. He's not an old guy, but to see him, you know, grow his game is, is just incredible. Yeah. Um, I, I do have a Bruins question, but first we got to pay the bills somehow. And disclaimer, <laughs> DraftKings does not pay any of our fucking bills. Um, <laughs> DraftKings, four NFL teams, two conference championship games and one. Oh no. Four NFL teams, two conference championship games, and only a few more shots to win big on the playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Counting down and feeling the sweat to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Not a new customer? You can feel the conference championship thrills and sweat with stepped up same game parlays. Take your shot at an even bigger sweat, sweat. <laughs> an even bigger sweat, an even bigger sweat NFL payout and boost your winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. Please talk about one of the games who will be keeping an eye on who most excites you, etc. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the conference championships and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details and a huge disclaimer. Um, <laughs> which takes up much more than the quick summaries Cam and I write. <laughs> disclaimer is about 90% of the episode summary. Yeah. Um, but I do have a Bruins question for you, Sammy, because in our little corner, we're just like completely like, holy shit, this season is amazing. This is a historic team. Oh, my God. But a perspective we don't really always get is just, what it's like to see this other team in the league being like so dominant. And I've seen like videos on YouTube and like, you know, tweets out there. That's like, wow, the Bruins are scary. Um, But what are your thoughts on seeing this from the outside looking in? And also, as we mentioned, the the Caps and Bruins have a game coming up. So how's that also feel? (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, it's it, you know, at at the season opener, you know, I I saw the bees and, you know, they, they were great. I mean, they, they came out the season ready to play. You know, I think that seeing that depth that they have, you know, throughout the lineup is, is incredible, but Linus Olmark is insane, mm-hmm. which, which is awesome to see because I, I think he was a later round draft pick as well. So, so to see, to see him really, you know, come into it and, and be this, you know, Vesna front runner, in my opinion, mm-hmm. I mean, and to see the Bruins so high in the in the standings is is unbelievable. I mean, it, it's fun to watch, you know, just because you cover, you know, the Caps or you know, you you grow up a fan of a certain team, right? I mean, there there's such a difference between covering a team and the, and them respecting the other teams, right, and respecting what they can do. And mm-hmm. and the Bruins are definitely a team that that does that. You know, they follow the system, they play a very good game. I think that you know the new coach is is incredible and. I think that they're they're really coming in, not coming into their own. I mean, you guys have been great for years, but like it, this season feels different. I don't I don't know if you guys feel that way. You probably know better than I do, but I I see you know a core that's still together. Bergeron's still rocking it. Krejci's doing great, and you know Marsh Marshand is a uh, Marshand, and <laughs> yeah. I. <laughs> I, Tom I, I, Wilson is Tom Wilson. Yeah, we no. Leave, I, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> their own. Uh, Marshan's Mar- Mar- a nice guy. I, you know, catching up with him and, and Willie. Willie's a nice guy too. So they're they're both good people. Um, so that's good. Uh, never, <laughs> it is never, nice to see. Yeah, never met a mean hockey player. So so that's good on on my front. But no, I mean it, it, it's fun to watch. And it's fun to watch teams play good hockey and and to see the locker room chemistry from from the other side and. And you know, see see these guys having fun, and 
raising up the standings and you know i'm 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 enjoying it you know i i love watching hockey it doesn't matter who it is right so right right so watching watching boston it, it's a lot of fun so yeah, that, to I think I th <laughs> thank you. We we have so, me and Cam and Chris have so yeah, much. Yeah, you you guys with. play so well every night. Yeah. <laughs> um I think from our perspective, it's definitely like this feels different and wow. Um, but something we talked about the other night with, with Peter was um A, if they fall short at like almost of a cup, it almost feels like a failure just the way it's going. And it's regular season, different than playoffs and everything, but Wow. And then also scary because this could be the last true with guys like Krejci and Bergeron. That's also scary to think um, where yeah. this team's going to go without them, how close they could or how good they could be without them um, going forward. Yeah. I mean, it kind of reminds me, right, of I was a kiddo at the time. I'm trying to remember how I think I was like 13, about to turn 13. And it was like 2010 caps. Right. And I, they were unreal. They were yeah. a real team. And it kind of remind. I mean, they were obviously not the older core. You know, they were the young guns. You know, the Ovechkin and the Semin and the and the Backy and you know all that fun stuff. And they they were incredible, right? And you have a first round exit to the AC in Montreal, and I punched a hole in my wall. Um, <laughs> my my family was not happy, but I was very upset and. I don't punch walls anymore. I'm not really an angry person. <laughs> not really a wall puncher. Yeah, one one and done is usually good. Not a, Realize not nobody a, wins that one. Not a not a wall puncher. As no. someone who's also punched a wall before, not for hockey reasons. Uh, yeah, that usually teaches you <laughs> yeah, <laughs> once well, you do it. <laughs> you know, I I don't know. I'm I'm all I'm all tough and and talk on the ice, but off the ice, I'm when I it's not really anger. It's just disappointment. So. <laughs> But no, I mean, and and it's different when you're a reporter, right? But watching the 2010 Caps, I mean, it reminds me a lot of things, right? I mean, you guys had such a long home win streak, right? And you know, the Caps were, I think, they were on a 15 game heater back then, and and they and they when they lost it, it hurts as a as a fan. And then seeing them, you know, fail in the playoffs, especially like that year, they were the favorites. Like I think if they had gotten past that round, they would have won the cup, and it it hurts and. <laughs> But but that's how it feels. But I don't know. Like my first season was covering the the 2018 caps, like when they won, which was pretty cool. Because like yeah, that's pretty neat. <laughs> kid, you know, your first season, you end up going to the Stanley Cup final, and you know, getting to watch your childhood heroes basically hoist you know the trophy they've been waiting for their their whole lives, and you get to know the guys too, and you root for them. But that season felt different. It had a different something felt special mm -hmm. i don't know what it was but i remember walking into the locker room before their second round series with the penguins started and it felt like a different feeling i was like something this isn't going to be the same thing you know what i mean and and then ended up not being it so if that gives you any comfort i don't yeah know. i think it does i feel like that's one of the things we were also talking about the other night was like I don't know, over the last decade plus, we've seen a lot of good Bruins teams and a couple of them made some pretty incredible runs and stuff. But um, even looking back to like the 2019 team, which was a game away and, you know, a couple of bounces away from, from winning it all, it does feel like there's a different vibe with this team. And and so I obviously as, as Bruins fans here, we hope that it does happen, obviously. Um, but I also, you know what I mean? I think you got to make sure as a fan, especially you're like appreciating what's going on right now as it is too. Cause even, even if they don't go all the way, what we're seeing right now is just incredible. And um, I mean, I feel like I wake up and look at the Bruins record in the morning and I just laugh. Cause I'm like, that's not a real thing. There's <laughs> no way. Like you expect to just like snap out of it. Cause it's just so, even from like a, a visual perspective, just looking at the numbers in that order is like something's mad. It looks like a typo. You know what I mean? It's, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, and then just looking at like the difference between like, their goal difference and like the second best, like they still have like twice as good of a goal difference as the number two team and stuff. It's just like, I think they're the difference between them and, and Carolina, who is number two as of like last week was the same as the difference between number two, Carolina and number 15 Pittsburgh. Like it's just a ridiculous performance that they put on. And um, I remember saying like early in the season, when we were watching that home win streak that you had alluded to, like I remember talking to these guys and I was like, Hey, at what point does this become like, not just like a hot start, but like, oh my God, this team is doing something special. And I think we're, we're way past that point at this point. And 
Um, there definitely is that feeling that's that's different. And it, it feels like it's it's like seen on the ice. Like we were talking about that yesterday too. Just like you can tell they're having fun when they're playing. Even guys like Nick Foligno and stuff. We struggled last year. Just everybody feels like they're really pulling their weight and providing value. And um, you can tell they're really enjoying the game that they're playing. And it's just it's so special to watch on a, a you know nightly or weekly basis or whatever. Oh yes. Yeah. No, for sure. Drew, you looked like you were eager to jump in there or something. I, I honestly, oh, oh, I was gonna say it was just like the coaching change. It once, once David Krejci said the coaching change was needed, that's when I knew the coaching change was definitely. <laughs> it like felt like it after the hut start, but then once Krejci said something, I was like, Jesus! And you were he was gone last year. So yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I don't want to shade Bruce Cassidy though. I, I no. still like Bruce Cassidy, and clearly he's doing well out in, in Vegas. So I don't think. Um, you know, it's it's like a, a not to knock him, but sometimes you just need a change, and it does feel like Montgomery, from a, a personal standpoint and his relationship with the players, and then also just from a, a purely tactical standpoint, is kind of exactly what this team's needed. And uh, I tweeted some borderline unhinged shit from the the uh, Twitter account the other day because Hampus Lindholm sniped one out, and then Charlie McAvoy walked through like an entire team to score. Um, and just that change that that's been the most noticeable change for me is just how much more that D has been activated for this team this year. And um, you have guys like, like Hampus Lindholm having a potentially uh, Norris trophy winning season, or at least, you know, he's in that consideration. He's in that talk. He's got like a plus 60 or something like right now. Um, he's playing the best hockey he's played in his career. I think no doubt. Um, and then obviously I still have guys like Charlie McAvoy and that sort of thing. And then even your macros, like your Connor Clifton's like, it really works toward their playing style to have them stepping into the offense and really contributing to like both ends of the ice. Um, which is, is one of the things that I don't think Cassidy's system allowed for quite as much. Um, and it seems like that's just been made a huge difference. And I mean, you look up and down the lineup at, at scoring and even from like a forwards perspective, like it feels weird to be like, oh, activating the defense can help forwards score more. But it can because it's just like if you know your main three threats are the guys that are lining up at the center and on the two wings, then you can protect them a lot easier. But if all of a sudden you have to worry about Charlie McAvoy pulling up Bobby Orr and going coast to coast, people, other people are going to be open, right? So um, I think it's, it's not a coincidence that you've seen that happen and a lot more scoring throughout the lineup and um, – yeah, I mean, again, I'm I'm a big Bruce Cassidy guy, but in in hindsight, I think uh, it's it's tough to say that it wasn't the right move to bring in Monty for this season for sure. I mean, Jake DeBrusque rescinded his trade request, so that's yeah, he's well, on that my fantasy been, team. Yeah, and that's what's most important. There you um, go. That's good. Oh, I do want to get to the fantasy league at some point, but first, I do want to ask one more real life hockey question, <laughs> uh, which is, I I want to get your thoughts, Sammy, and I don't even know if we've talked about this, like just as the Bruce and Bruins crew, um, former Washington Capitals coach uh, Bruce Boudreau in his situation in uh, Vancouver that it seems everyone has shat upon. Uh, but I just want to get your thoughts on that whole situation because I have never seen something like that where you know a coach is going to go and you're basically telling them to hold on. It's like it's like you're working at a restaurant, you're going to get fired, but they're like, hey, we're actually short-staffed, so can you wait a week while we train this new guy? Like, it's just it's yeah. just an odd situation. <laughs> no, it, it honestly, I mean, it. I, I've never seen anything like that, and it it was one of the – Personally, one of the one of the worst. I think it was it was one of the worst, you know, managed things I've I've ever seen. Um, I did not really vibe with Rutherford's uh, presser or anything. He he really, you know, had to had to explain because I didn't really think he took accountability for the situation and kind of blamed it on the media and the speculation, the outside noise. And I'm like, but who caused that? Yeah. Like, is it the chicken you know chicken or the egg you know what i mean so i think you know with that it's uh and and gabby gabby's a great guy right i mean boudreaux is is all class and and there there's a reason the canucks fans you know we're, we're applauding him you know rising to their feet and chanting for the guy i mean he he's a great coach you know and, and i don't think that yeah. the team did much to to help him they kind of set him up to, to fail in a way, you know, they didn't really bring in a lot of, you know, help in the off season and there there's been struggles, but it's not, it's not always the coach, right? I mean, at some point it's, it's a system problem or it's a, yeah. it's a player problem or it's a management problem. Right. Yeah. 
So I think I think you know the mismanaging of it was was awful, and and it kind of you know made Boudreaux a, a sitting duck in a way, right? Where, like you said, I mean you're you're just sitting there waiting, and and you don't know, you know what I mean? And and yeah, I mean in in the in the business of hockey, I mean if if you're gonna hire a new coach, you're gonna talk to candidates and that kind of thing, but but it's a different thing to to talk to candidates, but but to openly you know be so public like talking to coaches and having your replacement picked and then, you know, just having the other guy along for the ride while you do all that. Like that, it feels very like, you know, the office, like the dinner party episode. And it's just like, <laughs> yes. Like, that's like kind of oh, how no, it's yeah. it. And like Jim Rutherford was kind of like the Jan of it. So <laughs> I, I, I think it was just very poorly handled and, you know, um, it's nothing against you know the the new guy or anything. It, it was a management problem through and through, and yeah. you know, so so we'll we'll see. I think that the backlash that uh Rick's getting is uh not warranted. You know, I think you know it's it's not his fault, but it, it's it's Rutherford. I think should should take all the all the blame for that. So yeah, agreed. I actually like missed the kind of like prequel to that if you will um and just had seen it going around twitter and then had to go look kind of look up what was going on and um it was crazy shouts to the vancouver fans for the the bruce there it is thing they had going on that was that was a really incredible moment yeah um but yeah i mean it's it, it is just one of those things that like you can tell it was so horribly mismanaged and um like sammy said kind of just setting up boudreaux to fail and um, you know, it's clear that I think that the players really admire him and, and something like that and, and really felt they had let him down and that sort of thing. But, um, you know, we've talked about it before with, with other teams and, and the Bruins even too. I think we kind of discussed this when Cassidy left and stuff, but it's always the coach that's the easiest one to point to, right? Like that's the easiest one to scapegoat, whether or not they're deserving of it and stuff. And, um, you know, not to say that, it hasn't been a disappointing season for, for Vancouver, but um, there's certainly a lot more going wrong than just the the, the coach. So um, I think I think there's a trend too. Like if you look, I mean, maybe it's in all sports, but especially hockey now, you, coaches spend like it, it. They don't have long runs with teams yeah. anymore, even if they win a cup with them. Even like you know, even if they find great success, the moment something turns, they're the they're the scapegoat. They're the guy you fire because. Um, yeah, so kind of yeah, kind of weird. No, absolutely, like, it's looking more like like English soccer or something, where like you yeah. lose four games in a row and you just get sacked. And it was like, well, yeah. that guy won his four championships or something. But like, yeah, okay, he lost four games, so it's time for nothing. Like, it's one of those things. But um, I'm sure Boudreaux will find work elsewhere. He's got a boatload of experience uh, in, yep. in hockey and seems to be pretty well liked. Maybe the Bruins. Um, oh, I just will saw lose one them. of my one of our teammates from Maryland on the on the Big Ten broadcast as I'm watching the Maryland basketball game. <laughs> Shouts to the Jeeves. Um but yeah. Um maybe the Bruins will hit like a three game losing streak. Yeah. <laughs> they'll, just, they'll just can just muck over. Like, All right, let's bring Boudreaux in. That's yeah, the so gonna be like oh. <laughs> uh Jamie is gonna find another racist prospect to bring in or something. So, Sammy, I have a fantasy hockey league question. So, for those who aren't aware, well, we did an episode where it was all, well, most of us on for the draft and everything. Um, but I'll give a little standings update first. Uh, we got Pasta Party, which is Sean Rajot in first. We got Bruins Chuck Norris, which is uh, Pat in second. Then it's Dusky Sunset and the Boys, which is uh, Chris. Uh, Lancey's Lovable Losers, which is obviously Lancey. Four's the brand, which is Rob Schlosser. Johnny Canucks, that's Sammy. 31st most handsome. We got Oliver over at Pride Diehards. The big beefy boys, our very own Cam Hasbrook. Uh, Vesa took Toscala de Goles, uh, which is Kat Silverman. Uh, the Gabagools, which is Mikey Radigan. In uh, 11th out of 12th, it's Upon This Rock. Ya boy, Doob Schmoob. Um, and then, uh, and last, we got moves like Yager, which is, uh, <laughs> which is Court Lalone. And it's very sad that I am only like, I think it's like five, six, seven points ahead of uh, Court, and he literally hasn't touched his roster. He's made two roster moves and like doesn't update his starters or anything. And I'm like very, very sad about that. But 
Um, if you look at moves, uh, just in terms of, of you know pickups and drops and everything, Cat um, has made 31, which is second most. Um, and then you look over at Sammy's Johnny Canucks, who have made 100, literally 100 moves. Um, my phone gets blown up almost every day with all these drops and ads, which is great. I had um, no idea it blows up your phone. No, I, it's, it's my fault for having alerts on for this. Um, but I, you, you were like bottom of the barrel to start the season. And then slowly I started seeing you making all these moves. So I want to get the rationale behind it and also how you think it's bred success because you, you have climbed and you're now in sixth place. At the end of the day, it's a business. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean it. I don't know. I I wasn't I wasn't thrilled with with the way that some of my guys started. I think you know Jordan Cairo and Robert Thomas were were two of my top guys, and I don't think it was the hottest start start for them. Watch like a St. Louis fan like listen to this and be like, "What is she talking about?" <laughs> I don't think we have any Blues fans. I, I promise you I, that. No. <laughs> after, after 2019, after 2019, I don't think you do either. Yeah. But, <laughs> But no, I mean, uh, I don't know. I look at like the different like places where like I'm trailing or like, you know, I'll be like, okay, I need more hits, you know, time to throw in Marty party or I'll be like, <laughs> you know, I'll be like, okay, like I need some power play points. And lately, you know, I, I have a couple caps guys, you know, I have Backy and, and Ovi and uh, Stromer and lately the power play just hasn't been clicking in, in DC. And so you gotta, you gotta get some guys from those top ranked power play units and, and then you got shots, you know, I have Ovi, so I'm always going to get shots, but yep. you fall behind, so you need to get some more. And I think I'm, I think I'm like usually running 3D, so mm. I got to do that. I pick up like Kuzmenko like once every two weeks. I like visit, revisit him, but like, you know, I'm just saying nobody touched Tage Thompson to start the season and I picked him up off waivers and oh. now it's. It's all worth it, but you know, yeah, I, I like Ryan the hot hand. I, I love hockey, right? And we all do. So I love looking at it and just like shooting the shit and, and playing, you know, whatever. Like I'll I'll start this guy. I don't care. I think I had like yeah. yeah, I think I think I forget who I had, but like he hasn't really like done anything and he had like a good game and I put him in there and I was like, damn, worth it. And sometimes you'll look and be like, huh, I'm surprised this guy is on a roster and you'll pick him up and and have fun. And then, you know, I think my my trades, you know, I, I think I asked for a couple of trades and, and got rudely rejected by a couple of you. So I had <laughs> to... not me. I want to clear my name here, Sam. Oh, it, it was, was me. me. I think it was me. <laughs> it was you. <laughs> what did I say? I, I forget. Yeah. I'm not going to name names. You did. Uh, but, you know, and, and when you don't get trades or, or fair general managers, you know, you, you have to really just hit the market. So, you know, way to go, Drew. And you know, I don't know. I yeah, no, look I, I could use some trades if you're tables, open still. I need to reject my team. Tables. Because we were de- we were dead last, the Johnny Canucks were dead last and, and now we're set we're we're cutting but we're only like cutting it by a little bit. Like I won this past week by by a margin just because well my goal is I really eight good. to four. Eight four and oh. Oh yeah, uh, no, you, I mean, but the goal are t- was close like oh I yeah yeah the goaltender i made like two more saves on the other side i think that the stats would have tied and it would be a different story so yeah you know what it's it's a business and sometimes you gotta tell some of the boys to go sometimes you gotta bring some of the boys in and and cuts have to be made and those those aren't going to be taken well in the locker room but yeah <laughs> i do need to also ask you a question cam because i'm just noticing uh, Cam is in last in terms of moves with zero. So literally, Sammy has made 100 more moves than Cam has. Cam is now in eighth. Cam, how's that strategy working for yeah, you? And what's the rationale? You know, um, I'm not going to trash Sammy's strategy. I love the thought process. Everybody's unique, right? Everybody's bringing something else to the table. Um, I will say loyalty, dying breed, you know, dying trade. Um, and I, I try to be loyal to my guys. I know how much, you know, I try to really foster those relationships. I feel like I can, I can build on those come, come playoff time. Um, it definitely has nothing to do with me just forgetting to set my lineup most weeks. Uh, I do have the reminder on my phone. The problem is I think I set it too late. 
so I only have like a couple minutes to actually like make the adjustment. Yeah, it's like 8pm. Yeah, it's like it's like 6pm or something like that. Get the West Coast games. Um, yeah. So sometimes I get them in at time, other times it's not. Um, but, you know, maybe I'll feel inspired after, you know, mm. Sammy's, Sammy's kind of revitalizing my love for fantasy. Well, yeah, I mean, and, and it's, it's for the media, right? I mean, exactly. it's for people to cover, you know, an active team. Who, you know, <laughs> who needs, who needs it? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, maybe I'll have to jump back in there and, and start making some moves. Yeah, I think you do. Yeah, I think our trade deadline's coming up, like, first week of February, too. So uh, if you want to resume negotiations, seller, yeah. Sammy, I'm, I'm available. I need some help. <laughs> I also have some injuries, time. people coming off the uh, the injury list. I have three guys on IR. DeBrusque will be off soon. I got Landis Gog on there. Um, so I'm going to need to make some room. So. I don't know. I don't really forget things. <laughs> <laughs> I think I killed my own chances of making a trade yeah. with Sammy now too. So it's gonna I, be tough, I have but... a long memory. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well, if any listeners out there want to join the fantasy hockey league for next year, just tweet at us a bunch and we'll probably let you in. So uh, as, as long as you're, <laughs> there, there really is no barrier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, don't be a dick. It's pretty much like the, don't like be the a dick and uh, also be friends with Pat. Cause he made the whole, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Shouts to Pat. Yeah. I, bro- uh, I broke the dick rule. You know, that, that probably sounds like out of context. Very, that's the cold open. Nobody, clip that. <laughs> Nobody touch that. Um, well, then we have to clip that part too. Then, <laughs> but yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a dick. So, are we all? I, I broke that rule, but I luckily know Cam. So, yeah, uh huh. Yeah. I know. I feel like I think I've known actually. Well, I guess. It depends. I met Sammy at least in person before I met Drew or Chris. I guess I technically knew them first because I met them through the Hockey Raiders in high school, but that was all virtually. So um, in some ways, Sammy, we go back more than, than Drew. But yeah. um, I took a couple profile pictures for Cam. So. Oh, that's true. Actually, pretty much all of the ones that I have I ever so. used for hockey mm-hmm. were taken by you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ironically, Cam's taken my most recent profile picture. So, yeah. Really? Yeah. So yeah. now I got to take your profile picture, Sammy. Just okay. Perfect. Sammy, also I'll take it right it. now via the. <laughs> Sammy took what is one of my favorite quality. photos of all time, which was my teammate Nick, aka Brucey, puking into a trash can during one of our games. <laughs> it was midstream. It was it was truly photographic genius right there. Sammy is is incredible, but uh, I got a lot of use out of that one. But oh my god. Um, anyway, Sammy, it's always a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, I'm sure we'll circle back to you as soon as you want to come back on. I'll circle back <laughs> so. to you guys. Yeah, I forced my way onto this podcast. It is it is an open door for for yeah. you and, and many others as well. So. I literally like coerce them to bring. <laughs> just just bother Chris because Chris is technically our official booker, even though he he's about. Is he's he got like a 500 that? record on getting the big guests. So no, he's actually the best one out of it. Me and Cam are below 500. So. Yeah, I know. I keep, I, I like Sarah's like, I'm coming on. And then I message her and then she doesn't respond. I'm like, all right, we'll get back to it. I'll, <laughs> we'll get back to it again. I'll, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll just DM him every day. But like yeah. at a very bad time, like at a really inconvenient time. Yeah. And Sammy, if there's any like other media that your friends or I can sorry, not that you're friends with that you really hate and you're like, Oh, I'm gonna fuck you over really good. Be like, I have a I have a podcast I can recommend yeah. to go on. You'd be like, just it'll be great for your career. Go on Bruce and Bruins and not, come on here. We'll my probably my tank your career in a solid 30. I'm not giving anybody uh, my star power. This is my <laughs> fame. Why would I I'm just kidding? No, I'm I, I should say, I mean, the, the people I work with in the press box are are absolutely incredible. And they're they're one of the reasons that that I enjoy this gig so much is is going and seeing them every day at the rink and, and learning from them. And yeah, Steve Wino is also one of the uh, coolest folks. And he wrote like a book. I don't know if you guys have seen it on like the emergency goalies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually. Yeah. I, I think I've seen that like tweeted about. Yeah. yeah it's an, ins- it's awesome. It's, it's a great read. And Aaron Joel Patty's fighter is a good read too. Mm-hmm. I'm just promoting books at the end of this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Any else? books coming out? <laughs> any, any books of your own you want to promote? No, no, I'm writing a book right now, but are you? Ooh, yeah. I'm, I'm jealous. I, I want to write a book, I just haven't been able to come up with a good yeah, idea it's yet. It's called so. The Hasbrook uh, Chronicles. Um, <laughs> there you go, the main character. Yeah, <laughs> and the it's front about, cover is that it's guy. A, it's about a lowly hockey player who, yeah, can't win games, but he, you know, relies on loyalty. That 
sounds very based like my college career. career. <laughs> <laughs> based on a true story. No, no, Dragging these not. degenerates down to South Carolina. <laughs> a Cam Hasbrook story. It's just way, it just ways to pass the time, you know, and he's always right. I don't know. Well, yeah. when you publish that book, uh, I mean, go, go on some professional media people and stuff, but we better be the fucking first people. You can. Oh, I want to review. Yeah, I want to be able to review. Yeah, we'll I also want to. I want to put my. We'll give it a. We'll give it a Bergeron scale review. We'll be like, oh, the, <laughs> the book is zero percent. Thirty-seven out of thirty-seven. But... <laughs> the Bruce podcast, like, no, just, <laughs> give it, give it the selfie. I'll make it like a two-way book. Like you can read it. Yeah, why? It's upside down. Yeah, it works like either that, way. Like that uh, kaleidoscope show on the. Netflix, you can like watch it either way. Yeah, that's like that's the amazing. Bergeron of Netflix shows. That's incredible. You can watch it in any order. It's gonna be good, you know. <laughs> um, but no, th- thank you guys. Seriously, I I had fun, course. and my mixtapes dropping soon. So. Yeah. We'll, last thing we'll before be sure we wrap. Last thing before we wrap. Um, shout out your social media and stuff if you want, or if you don't want people to find you, we probably have very <laughs> few listeners anyway. Yeah, so I have a remote cabin. Um, I love living there. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, you can follow me at Sammy Silver. Uh, Silver is not silver. I've also B- heard weird pronunciation. Sammy is S A M M I S I L B B E R, like B. You know, B is in Brooklyn. Like you know, really enunciate that B. And then we're W S H. Hockey Now on on Twitter. You can find us watching Hockey Now on Facebook if anybody still uses it. And then shout out to Michael Giametta. He runs our Instagram, you know, WHS or not WHS. That's my high school. <laughs> SH Hockey Now uh, is our Instagram. And, and he he does a hell of a job. He he edits, you know, photos and and he started taking his own and and he he's great. Um, and then my dog's Instagram is at Koozie Cam. Uh, she she's fun to watch. She she's a trooper. Um, but no, and and Brews and Bruins is a great follow. Um, not not on Instagram because we barely post. But yeah. they're, they're, they're okay. We've talked about bumping up our Instagram game for like three years, and but we finally we're talking about guy, interviewing yeah, a brewer for three years, and we you, you need a you need a Giametta. You yeah, I know. I was gonna say you're gonna hit us up with your guy. It'd be good. Yeah. <laughs> you need a Michael because uh, that guy that guy does everything on the Instagram, and like I'll forget to text him, and he'll already have it up. And I'm like, dude, you are clutch, man. It's beautiful. Like, yeah, I met him at I met him at hockey randomly, and I was like, I, I dig this dude. And he's you like, yeah. on Instagram. <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah. Play some hockey. Drop the gloves every once in a while. Good What's life if you're not dropping the gloves? Seriously, I don't know. You know, how's goalie life, by the way? Tough. Yeah. Real tough. Yeah. <laughs> I'd imagine. I'd imagine. <laughs> fun, though. Awesome. It looks fun. It. it is. It really What's is. What's your save percentage? Uh, it depends on the sport. <laughs> yeah, goalie. You got the goalie. I yeah. mean, I, the goalie. You got soccer. I don't know why I mixed up those two. The keeper. Especially because you're keeper in that. I yeah. Know. I think that my whole a... team just, I don't even know if they know my name. I think they just call me keeper. They well, I'm cool with that. Keeper. You know, it's an important position. Important it sounds spot. like Cam, kind of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Cam the keeper. That's the book, actually. Yeah. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna change it. That well, that'll be the first book of the trilogy. I'll make it a trilogy, and yeah. Well, <laughs> part one, two, and three. We better get a review. Then it'll be good. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, you know where to find us on Twitter, people, or you don't. I don't know. Whatever. It's all good. <laughs> go follow sammy it's a much it's much more worth your time it's good um and yeah we'll catch you guys uh keep an eye out for the Pistol brothers interview this weekend drop in and probably into next week so you can you can catch that up hey everyone it's drew um i abruptly ended the recording here because cam wouldn't shut up so uh you know have a good evening or day or whatever bye